Welcome to Unity of Fairfax, a positive path for spiritual living and spiritual center for education, practice, and service in Northern Virginia. We hope you find inspiration in this week's message. And thanks to all of you here in the church and those of you at home for creating a sacred container for experiencing the joy that is Easter, the great celebration that brings us the reminder of how infinitely powerful we all are because of the power that is within us from the beginning, the power that we call God, the power that we call love, the power that we call life. But Easter itself got a really humble start, I have to say. And if you read the gospel versions, and I'm going to read all of them with you, so we'll be out by about 3 o'clock. Yeah. 1. And 1.30 at the outside. So if you read the gospel stories, there's not really a whole lot to suggest that this would be a day that would go down in history as the happiest day, the most joyful day, the most celebratory day in the calendar of the early Jesus movement that eventually became what we call Christianity. And it starts out like this, and I want to share a little bit from the Gospel of John and parse it a little bit as we see how that story ultimately is timeless because that story becomes our story. That story is a reflection back to us of our own lived experience as people growing in faith, as people growing in the remembrance of who we truly are, birthed out of original goodness, to be conduits of grace and healing in the world. But my goodness, it didn't really start out like that. So this is from John chapter 20. Early in the morning on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Okay, so let's just stop there. Very important symbol. Now, remember, if you're familiar with the story, that in the Jesus story, then Good Friday had just happened. There was an arrest. There was a sham trial. There were betrayals. Every awful thing that could happen to these people and to the leader of this movement who taught a message of unconditional love and non-judgment, who taught that there is a place in the kingdom of God which is right here for everybody, had gone wrong absolutely wrong. And then so they managed to get him buried to a quick burial. It's like, okay, let's close the door. It's Sabbath time. And then they come back and it's like, great, great. One more thing. Any of you ever had that experience when it just seems like, yeah, I can see a few. Mm-hmm, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, me too. It's like, really? Are you kidding me? It's a family service. (laughs) Come back tonight about 9 o'clock. It's a whole different show. So she ran at once to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, breathlessly panting, and said, they took the master from the tomb, and we don't know where he is. Uh, Imagine imagine finding that the tomb was empty and the stone rolled away, and then having to be the one to go tell everyone else, oh, yeah, Just when we thought it couldn't get worse, it's a lot worse than we thought. 
Peter and the other disciple immediately left for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The other disciple got to the tomb first, outrunning Peter. Stooping to look in, he saw the pieces of linen cloth lying there, but he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloths lying there, and the kerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the other linen cloths, but separate, neatly folded by itself. So they're thinking, oh, it's getting worse. What would they do? Then the other disciple, the one who had gotten there first, went to the tomb, took one look at the evidence, and believed. No one yet knew from the scripture that he had to rise from the dead. The disciples then went home. Let's stop there for a moment. There is this disciple Jesus loved in the passage, not named. I wonder if in their wisdom, the gospel writer put us in that story. Realizing that each one of us, every one of us, regardless of faith tradition or how you identify yourself, every one of us is the disciple who is loved. Every one of us has that component and that part of ourselves that has absolute faith in the goodness that God is. And sometimes even within ourselves, it goes unnamed. And maybe we don't even recognize it. But there is that part of us that is within us, all of us. And there is a part of us that knows beyond the shadow of a doubt that not only must he be raised from the dead, that we all must overcome this is symbolic language. All of us have that capacity to overcome whatever it is the thing that is killing us. And that overcoming can take a lot of different forms. But there is something within us that is bigger than our diseases, bigger than our pandemics, bigger than our illnesses, bigger than our relationship challenges, bigger than our abuse, bigger than whatever it is that has been in a part of our lives and helped to shape us. And there is a part of us that is always there. And it knows something good will come from this. It knows something good can come from this. And it believes and it doesn't take a lot of coaxing and convincing. It is that knowing part of ourselves that believes. But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. She was caught up in the facts. Any of us ever get caught up in facts? Any of us watch the news lately and start weeping? Yeah, of course. As she wept, she knelt to look in the tomb and saw two angels sitting there dressed in white, one at the head, the other at the foot where the body of Jesus had been laid. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Angels. Let's talk about angels for a moment. We all have angels in our lives. Angels. However you identify that energy to be. Angels bring messages. That's why they're pictured as winged. And that's a cross-cultural symbol. We have angels that help us get through the hard times. We have angels that help us move from this phase of life to the next phase of life. We have angels that help us reach our goals. A lot of our angels have four legs and a tail. 
And how many of us have ever received unconditional love from a four-legged right when we needed it? Angels show up as the neighbors who bring food, not really knowing how hungry we are. That food might be tangible. That food might be a word or a compliment. Angels show up as song lyrics at the right time when we need a message to keep going. Angels show up as strangers who give us a smile when we just feel as if everything has died and they give us hope. Angels are all around us. Angels pray for us. Angels invite us to remember the kindness of the, in the world. I've heard it said that wherever there's a tragedy, people sometimes ask, why did God let this happen? Of course, we do that out of our anger and our fear and our angst. But if you want to see God in the situation, look for the helpers. Look for those who are giving looking for those who show up. Angels, help us transform our lives and move from this state to that state, from sadness to grief. She replied, they took my master, and I don't know where they put him. After she said this, she turned away and saw Jesus standing there, but she didn't recognize him. It's like that in our lives sometimes. We don't realize that what we want, what we love, what we need is right there, always in the midst of us. I've been in many meetings where we've tried to figure out this thing or that thing, and the realization is that there is no shortage of divine ideas. That which we need is always present. If we are willing to see it, willing to recognize it, what she wanted was the awareness of the life and the love of her teacher present. This is a symbol. This is a symbol for us to realize anytime we need something, it is available to us. If we have the wisdom to see it and to recognize that maybe the good we're looking for is showing up in a, in a form that we don't quite recognize. Often when we talk about prayer and somebody says, oh, my prayers weren't answered, and I said, are you sure? Maybe they were answered in a way you hadn't anticipated. Take the blinders off. One of my favorite country songs, and I have only one favorite country song. I'm not a fan. <laughs> so this makes it easy to remember. It has a line, I think it's a Vince Gill song, and it says, some of God's greatest gifts our unanswered prayers. Because the Garth Brooks, thank you. I knew it had a, an A in it. <laughs> and some consonants, too. So you put them together, it's magical what happens. But anyway, so, so the story is, the guy goes to his high school reunion, and he's got his wife that he's loving, he's crazy about, and then he sees his girlfriend who broke his heart, and he thought, oh, I'll never survive without this woman's love. And he realized, I'm so glad that did not work out. <laughs> the answer to prayer is always with us if we're willing to look. And it might not be in the form we want. It might not even be in the form we like. But if we have the faith, we will see it's there. 
Jesus spoke to her, woman, why do you weep? What are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And she said, thinking he was the gardener, mister, if you took him, can you tell me where you put him so I can care for him? Because she's still in that mindset. This day is going from bad to worse. This whole experience, Friday is continuing now into Monday. It's really just awful. Jesus said, Mary. Turning to face him, she said in Hebrew, Rabunai, meaning teacher. She realized her prayer was answered. She had the confirmation that her beloved teacher was fine. She had the demonstration that this power of love and life over the empire was just demonstrated. Because when we think about why was Jesus killed, multiple reasons, depending on the theology you want to look at, one of them being that whoever comes along saying, hey, you know, there's enough good for everybody. There's enough love for everybody. We can all get along. We can serve and love and heal one another. Runs counter very often to the consciousness of empire. The consciousness that says, we need to control everything for our little group and keep you people down. It's the consciousness that says, we don't want you people to vote. It's the consciousness that says, we don't want you people to read those books. It's the consciousness that said, ladies, why do you want the same amount of money? And that sort of thing. Empire killed Jesus. And yet, what the story demonstrates is, you can't kill love. You can't kill truth. You can't kill the consciousness that says that there is something much greater than these rules and limitations and shortcomings we've all placed on judgments on one another. There is a power and presence much greater than that. And that's what we focus on. That's what is already here in the kingdom. Just make it happen. She said, don't, he said, don't cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go to my brothers and tell them, I ascend to my Father and to your Father, my God and to your God. And she went telling the news to the disciples, I saw the Master. And she told them everything he said to her. She saw the kingdom. It was one of these mystical, divine experiences that we all have from time to time. When we wake up to it, we can't unsee it, that that vision of a world that works for everybody is the ultimate reality. And she ran this time with much better news. The day had gotten noticeably better. And she was awakened and inspired to come to them and say, it was all worth it. We've got something we can work with. And once you see that, you can't unsee it. It's like in our day and time. Once you see people, the rainbow of God's people, together in one place, loving one another, serving one another, you can't unsee that. And it becomes a palpable force that is alive in us already that now we can give expression to. And she felt it. She saw it. She knew it. If there is a reason we have Easter, I think it's because of this lady, this woman. 
who said, I'm telling everybody I have seen it. I have seen the power. I have seen the glory. And it's good. Don't lose faith. Even if the facts are pretty rotten, don't lose faith. History tells us that the early Jesus movement, it hadn't become Christianity that happened hundreds of years later. Seriously, that's a different talk for a different day. But if you do want to stay till 3 o'clock, I got a lecture on it. <laughs> History tells us it wasn't easy for them. There was a lot of opposition to the early Jesus movement. But they held on, just as we hold on. We who have lived through and are still living in a pandemic experience will not lose our faith. We who, thanks to 24-hour news access, can find all the world's conflicts, especially the one in Ukraine, on our news, we shall overcome. We are overcoming that. We are realizing now more than ever, thanks or thanks, I say thanks or maybe um, I will blame social media for the fact that we are so intimately interconnected. That's one of the experiences of the pandemic. So if we are interconnected and if we have this faith, then that tells us that like those early followers who had that first realization of the risen Christ, we too can be instruments of healing and transformation all around the world. We are called, like that early movement, to realize and know the omnipresence of divine substance, namely, there is enough good to go around. Nobody has to hoard or steal it or keep it from somebody else. We know that there is an infinite amount of life so we can work together to solve issues around food insecurity and, and sickness without needing to make anybody suffer to have these things. A rising tide lifts all boats. So when we say Christ is risen, hallelujah, what we are saying is we are making an affirmation and a declaration that there is a power for good active in this world a powerful good that will cover, overcome anything. Yes, even this idea of death itself. Yes, even a death caused by lies and violence. Christ is risen. Hallelujah. So what do we do with this knowledge? Well, we eat chocolate bunnies. Okay, that's one thing. That's important but we go to work. And not necessarily at our jobs. We go to work in our consciousness so that whenever we find those dark, shadowy places, wherever we discover a bias or, ig or ignorance, we acknowledge it's there and say, you have no power to be expressed through me anymore. We work together to do what Jesus told us to do. Remember in John 14, he said, very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me, the one who understands that they are an embodiment of Christ's consciousness, their hope of glory, will do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works because I am going to the Father. 
Our world is very different from his world in some respects. And we have very different things that we need to do. We have very different things that we are doing. And we know that for whatever the situation is, we have the power. We have the resurrecting power of Christ within. And yes, we can acknowledge that there are times when the facts or alternative facts get to us. They will not overcome us. We are strong. We shall persevere. And we shall take from this story the inspiration to keep going, to keep loving, regardless of anyone who says we should not. For our mission is to awaken each life to the Christ within. Our mission is to awaken everybody so that they know the truth of who they are, their inherent goodness. Because when we know that, when we know that for ourselves, when we know that for others, our actions will flow from that consciousness. And together, like that early movement around Jesus, we will create a world, and we are creating a world of peace, abundance, and respect for all creation. I'm excited about it. I've also been up since 3.20 this morning, <laughs> so I'm heavily caffeinated, but I'm excited. I love this story. I love this day. I love the reminder of our empowerment and that all things are possible to us. So nothing is impossible. Let us know for ourselves, I'm possible because we have Christ within the hope of glory. Have a blessed and beautiful Easter, everyone. It's wonderful to have you here. Thank you for tuning into Unity of Fairfax podcast. You're welcome to join us live in Oakton, Virginia, every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. Or view our live stream services from our website at unityoffairfax.org. We appreciate our donations to support this podcast to make our message of positive, practical spirituality more accessible to all. See you next time.